Some weeks ago when uh, I was asked uh, if I could fill in for these last two Sundays that uh, Steve is gone, I uh, was glad to be able to accept that. I asked him if there was a theme that we were to have, and he said, well, check with Tim. Tim would uh, know if there was. And so I went to Tim, and he said no. He didn't have a particular theme for us. But I told him what I was going to preach on this morning, and that being spiritual warfare. And his words were, oh, that's kind of dark and heavy. (laughs) So I, I thought to start off this morning, I'd give you a few things that were a little lighter, just to get us prepared that things might get a little heavy later on. And I I started to kind of collect signs and uh, sayings that I've uh, observed in restaurants and other places around the city. And the first one, Sandy, if you'll put it up there, is some people dream of success while others wake up and work hard for it. The second one, the things you take for granted, someone else is praying for. We take so much for granted, so much of what we know that God does for us. Somebody else has been praying for that. The next one, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes good things fall apart so that better things can come together. Now, I think you probably would have to be at least 50 years old to have a clue who maybe said this. And even then, you probably would never guess it. I I came prepared. I have a dollar in my pocket for anybody that can figure out who said it. But if you don't know who said it, you have to give me a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) This was taken from a radio interview and spoken by Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, I heard some who. (laughs) They don't even know who that that person is. (laughs) And it surely is not what our public persona of her would be. Valentine's Day was just up. And so I told my wife this this one. I love you better than biscuits and gravy. (laughs) And then she repeated back to me. I love you more today than I did yesterday. Yesterday, you got on my nerves. (laughs) And to smooth things over, really, I I came back with her with this. You are my happy. This kind of goes with uh, Pastor Tim's little work out there. It says... I forgot to go to the gym this week. That's four years in a row. (laughs) I received many compliments today on the fact that I'm wearing a suit. And I appreciated those. And, you know, you've heard me speak here before, and I didn't have a suit on. I'm wearing a suit today to honor an old friend of ours that we've known for many years back in the 70s, early 80s. She's a very godly woman, worked with us in the missions down in uh, Oakland, California when we were there. Her name is Mary Maley. 
And uh, Mary has a great gift of music in that she can play anything on the piano if she just hears it once or twice. She can't read music, and yet she will play anything just by picking it up. She has that innate ability to do it. Well, my wife sent out some Christmas kind of letters this year, although they didn't go out till the 1st of January, but that's all right. And Mary responded in about a four-page letter, and it was a very encouraging letter, but the last page kind of saddened me. She said they'd gotten a new pastor at their church, And he showed up to preach in jeans and tennis shoes and a (laughs) T-shirt. And the tennis shoes were red tennis shoes. And that just frustrated Mary to no end. But I want you to know and I want you to remember that she is a very, very godly woman. But she was thoroughly frustrated with the fact in this rather conservative church that they attend that he would show up to preach that way. Well, I want to read scripture for you this morning that I'm going to speak on. It's in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 8 and 9. I apologize, I did not find the page number in the Pew Bibles. First Peter's really easy to find, though it's right before Second Peter. <laughs> so I didn't bring my glasses, and the light's not as good up here as I would have appreciated. Tim, have you got it? Would you read it for me? Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Thank you, Tim. I need to... Apologize here for a moment. I need to take a bit of a break. I got up at uh, way before five o'clock. Well, I didn't get up. I woke up way before five o'clock this morning. Didn't get out of bed till around six. But uh, I just need to get something to eat a little bit here. And so I brought something I knew that I would be kind of famished by this time and a little shaky. So I brought something.
If I were to ask you, what did the preacher just do? You would probably all say, he ate a cookie. No, I didn't. I did, but I did something much more than that. I devoured a cookie. And I would submit to you that that is the way the devil often works at us. One bite at a time. Just a little thing that he would tempt us with to begin to bite into our souls. What are some of the things that that he might take from us or try to take from us? Well, first thing is probably that we're not spending the right amount of time with him. We get so busy, and the devil's whispering in our ear saying, oh, that's all right, you'll make up for it next next year. Was it four years? He'll make up for that later. We might have skipped our Bible reading for the day. We don't know the scriptures. And he will try and use that as a temptation to keep us from ever going back and catching up and reading what we need to read. He will accuse us of having bad attitudes. That's another temptation that comes into us. He will also try to get to us because we have a lack of faith. We don't really trust him. We think, oh, I'm going to take care of this myself. I can do it. I'm going to fight through this. One of the things I didn't mention about Mary's letter is that she said, I'm going to just have a stiff upper lip and go ahead and deal with this. See, the right thing would have been for Mary to do would have been to say, I'm glad God sent that man here. I'm going to pray for him. We're going to enjoy his ministry all the same. I was thinking about the clothes that are worn by preachers. In the church I grew up in, they wore a robe. pastor wore a black robe. This is in Iowa. Sometimes in the summer, 90 degree heat and 90% humidity, I often wondered what he had on under that robe. (laughs) In Arlene's church, they wore robes. And they even had sashes, depending on what time of the year it was and what adventure that it was. Did that mean that their sermons were any better or any stronger than somebody that preached in red tennis shoes and and jeans and a t-shirt? Not at all. In fact, to tell you the truth, those two pastors never got to either one of us with the message we needed to hear about being in a personal relationship with Jesus. But Satan works that way in our lives, just taking those small little nibbles. I'm going to do something that might seem uncomfortable to some of you. We spent three minutes earlier just greeting each other, having a good time, shaking hands, saying hellos. 
I'm going to ask that we take three minutes, and I'm taking this from the Friends Church. They are, we're called the Quakers. And oftentimes in their services, they would have long periods of silence where the people were just to meditate on what the pastor had said and then pray about what the pastor had said. So if we could give three minutes to each other this morning, I'm going to ask you to give three minutes right now to God. And what I want you to do in these three minutes is to think back on the last day, the last week, maybe the last month, and identify in your own life the times that Satan has tempted you. And then when we get to the last minute, uh, they will signal me when that is, and I will tell you, and then spend that last minute praying, asking God for strength to resist those temptations that they come. Okay, let's be a complete silence, just you and God. Identify in your life how the devil has tempted you in these last days. Now, if you'll take this last minute and ask God's help in resisting those temptations. And all of God's people said, Amen. So how did that make you feel? Did you find that after maybe about 30 seconds or a minute, your mind started to wonder? By about the end of a minute and a half, you're going, isn't it time yet? You know what that was? That was Satan right there trying to get at us because he wanted to disrupt us. Now let me tell you, I want to make something very, 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 very clear. Satan cannot make you sin. Is that clear enough? Do I need to say it again? Satan cannot make you sin. He can tempt you, but when you give in to that temptation, that is always your choice. You choose to do it. You choose to give in. And I want you to know something else. If you're here today and you name the name of Jesus as your Savior, you 
are the hunted. You're the one that Satan is looking for to tear down. He doesn't need to attack those people that are out there living like crazy people. He's already got them. They're already in his kingdom. He wants to destroy the church. He wants to destroy you who love Jesus. And so he's after you. He's after me. He's after each one of us. So, and that gives us reason that we need to thank God that we are tempted. Doesn't that seem wrong? But it's not. In fact, if you sat here this morning and said to yourself, I can't think of any way I was tempted in the last week or month, watch out. Because the devil could already have you. We need to thank God that he allows temptation to come into our heart. And I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but next week I'm going to be sharing about what God hopes to accomplish by allowing temptation to come into our lives. But I want you to be encouraged today to know that for every temptation you have is an opportunity for you to grow closer to God. When you overcome that temptation, when you fight it off, when you will not give in to it, that draws you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, some people really think that uh, just the fact that they're tempted, that makes them somehow less than a real Christian. I mentioned Mary Maley in the beginning of this, a wonderful, godly lady, gifted musician that could play any song anytime she could hear one of these new songs twice and she could play it with all of the chords and everything that went with it. But she was tempted in her 90s to give in to bashing the pastor over what he wore. It saddened me to see that happen with Mary, but I understood it. A pastor wearing a suit in her church was simply tradition. That's what they did. By the way, next week I'm not going to wear a suit. I don't have red shoes. I might be able to pa- uh, get Pastor Steve's. But... Well, so then the question arises, what do you do when you are under attack? What did Jesus do when he was under attack? You remember he went out into the wilderness and uh, Satan came and attacked him. What did he do? He quoted scripture, didn't he? He used scripture to fight off those temptations. How well do you know your Bible so that you can bring up those scriptures to your mind to fight off the temptations? We need to know enough of our scriptures to be able to do that because in the presence of the Lord, Satan has to flee. You need to know the scriptures. You need to know how to pray in such a way as to defeat Satan and live for Jesus. But let me also tell you this. You will never get so holy 
that Satan won't ever bother you again. There are people who believe that that, that they become so perfect in, in the relationship with God, in the relationship with Jesus, that there's no way that Satan could bother them. Wrong. And God says he did it for all brotherhood, word that Tim read to us this morning. And we know that Jesus himself, who lived a totally sinless life, was tempted. So don't think you can outgrow the temptations that the devil would bring your way. Can't do it. And you need to be prepared to fight them off. Get into the scriptures. Get into the Bible. Get into your prayer time. Get into your daily devotions. And often I know in my own life, for me, it is to get with somebody else that's a believer and share and have them pray with me and for me and I for them as we fight off the various temptations that we have. I want to play a song for you today. It's not the closing hymn. It probably would be more an Easter song. But when you look a little bit into the words deeper, you'll see that it's really for the people who are around Jesus at his crucifixion. And we've taken it live off of YouTube, and so I don't know, there may be an ad that'll show up or something on it, I don't know. Don't pay any attention to that. Listen to the words. I listen to it at home on my computer from YouTube, a lot of times I always have to turn my back on Arlene and put my headphones on and get my handkerchief handy so she doesn't see me weeping when I, when I listen to this song. But it's a beautiful song. It's sang by a group called Signature Sound. The name of it is Then Came the Morning. Well, if you've felt like you're under attack, by the devil, and sometimes that attack can go on and on and on, but hang in there because the morning will come. The morning will come. Did you notice the words that said, death has lost and life has won. And when we defeat the devil in our lives, life springs forth anew in our lives. And we can go on and we can share the things that God wants us to share and do the things that God wants us to do. Then came the morning. If someone right now in this place is under attack, feeling put upon by the slew foot. I would encourage you to sing this last song that Tim and the group are going to come and play for us. Sing it with all your heart. Victory in Jesus. Jesus.